The Franklin Church of Christ welcomes you as we open God's Word and continue our study in prayer. Edwin Crozier will look at Luke 18, 10-14 as we examine the plugged-in saint. When I mention praying warriors or plugged-in saints, what do you envision in your mind? I'm afraid that one of the greatest struggles we often have regarding prayer and being plugged into God and praying consistently is that we have a picture in our mind of the biblical saints and heroes that we have who are prayers, who are connected to God. And we look at how awesome and great they were, we think, and we have a tendency to look through rose-colored glasses and forget some of the negative side of them. And we begin to think to ourselves that we just can't ever be like they were. And so until I'm just a little more worthy, until I'm a little better at all of this, I'm going to hold off on praying. But that's really not the picture of a plugged-in saint. I'd like for us to take a look at the Bible and take a look at a prayer who was, in fact, connected to God. No doubt we could look at Abraham, we could look at Moses, we could look at Paul, or we could look at Peter. But I believe these are the men that we've already got these images in our minds of who they were, and we just feel like we could never, ever measure up to them. So I'd like for us to take a look at a different prayer. One, perhaps, that we might often overlook. We can find this individual in Luke chapter 18. In Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 10. In Luke chapter 18 beginning at verse 10. In Luke 18 and verse 10, Jesus told the tale. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This publican, this tax collector, was clearly a man connected to God. Perhaps we overlook the importance of what occurs here. This man comes in the presence of God a sinner. Despite the fact that he is a child of God, one of his chosen people, he has sinned. And that sin stains his soul. But as he comes into the presence of God, he prays. And his prayer impacts God. And he is justified. Here's what a plugged-in saint looks like. This is what a praying warrior looks like. This is what we need to be. And for just a few moments this morning, I'd like for us to examine this individual. The contrast between the tax collector and the Pharisee. Because I want us to understand that we can and we should be praying warriors. We should be plugged into God. I want to begin by noticing what the plugged-in saint is not. The plugged-in saint is not 
perfect. In fact, when we take a look at this tax collector's prayer, it demonstrates his lack of perfection. We have a tendency to take a look at folks like Moses and folks like Paul and, and look at how awesome they were. And oh, they just hardly ever sinned. But notice this man's prayer. His only prayer at this time was, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. His prayer was a declaration of how imperfect he was. You remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23? In Romans chapter 3, And verse 23, Paul said, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. With the exception of Jesus Christ Himself, every single one of our biblical heroes were sinners. All of them. And yet they prayed. Please, do not wait until you believe you have reached a measure of sinlessness before you begin to connect with God in prayer. Because if you wait for that, it will never, ever happen happen. A praying warrior is not perfect. Secondly, I think we need to recognize that a plugged-in saint is not a religious scholar. When we take a look at these two men in Luke chapter 18, we can imagine that the Pharisee was a religious scholar. His entire life had been devoted to understanding the exact knowledge of the law. He knew what God had commanded. And he had worked to toe the line. Here was a scholar. And yet take a look at what his scholarship had done. He exalted himself. He lifted himself up. And are we surprised? Is that not what Paul said would happen with knowledge in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1? In 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, Paul said, Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Please do not misunderstand. I recognize that we have to grow in knowledge. I recognize from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 and following. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. Peter says to us there, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. I recognize that we need to grow in knowledge. And I remember what God said to His Old Covenant people in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. In Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, as God cried out to His people, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for Me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. I'm not telling you don't worry about knowledge. The praying, plugged-in saint learns God's Word. He grows in knowledge. But what we have to understand is that there is not some concept of focusing so much on knowledge that we believe because we are scholars we are allowed to pray. Or that we might believe because we are not scholars we are not allowed to pray. That places far too much emphasis and focus on us and who we are, and what we know. And that's not the emphasis and focus of prayer. The emphasis and focus of prayer is God. Not us. Not what we know. Not what we do. Please, do not wait until you feel like you know enough Scripture to get to praying. 
always grow in your understanding of the Word. But you will never reach some special state through your knowledge that grants you access to prayer. Simply because you are a saint, God has granted you that access. Use it. Pray. The third thing I want us to recognize that the plugged-in saint is not, the plugged-in saint is not some kind of super saint. Not some kind of warrior that is just better than everybody else. We have a tendency to look at the folks in the Scripture as though they were somehow special Christians. It's even become codified in some modern religions how special these people were, such that we might want to go to them and pray, and they try to take it to God for us. That's not the way it was in Scripture. I want you to take a look at this man, this publican, this tax collector. He was no super saint. He was like us. He struggled every day with sin. He was overcome sometimes. He was not special. In fact, there were many who would probably look down on him because of his lack of specialness. Witness the Pharisee. God, I thank you I'm not like this tax collector. He was no super saint. He was just like us. He was no more righteous than you and I. He was just like us. The Scripture is filled with attempts to get us to understand that these people we read about in Scripture, with the exception of Jesus, were not different than us. Elijah, though he was a great prophet, James chapter 5, verse 16. James chapter 5 and verse 16 goes out of its way to tell us that he was not different from us. In James 5 and verse 16, Verse 17, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He may have had a specific role in God's plan, but he was just like us. He was just a man. Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14 and verse 15, Paul and Barnabas have been teaching. And the people come to them and begin to sacrifice to them as though they were gods. And in Acts chapter 14 and verse 15, Paul and Barnabas said, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men with the same nature as you. We're just like you. We're no different. They weren't special. Throughout the Bible, we read of these heroes and their shortcomings. Moses struck the rock. Noah got drunk. Abraham lied. David committed adultery. Paul and Barnabas got into an argument and split ways. Peter denied Christ three times. These are men just like us. We do not pray because we are special saints. We are saints. And therefore, God grants us the special privilege of prayer. The plugged-in saint is not perfect. She's not a religious scholar. And she's not a super-Christian. What is the plugged-in saint? First, the plugged-in saint is humble. Take a look again at our tax collector in Luke chapter 18. As he comes into the presence of God, he's not even able to look up to the direction of God. But he bows himself and he beats his breast and all he can say is, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
Oh, it's regrettable. The number of Christians who come to prayer and they believe it's some type of entitlement and some type of right. Something that God owes them because they've become Christians. And they say in their minds, well, I was baptized. I'm a Christian. I have the right to ask God for these things. And God has the obligation to hear me. Well, I recognize that none of us would ever say those words. Do we ever act like that? When God doesn't do what we ask, do we get upset at Him as though it was owed to us? When things don't work the way we want and we feel like our prayers have not been answered, do we quit praying and get upset at God? Brethren, look at this tax collector. He realized that when he went before God, he was asking for mercy, unmerited favor. He understood that he did not deserve what he was asking for. He understood that he did not even deserve to get to ask it. But he understood that God would let him ask. And so ask he did. But he did it humbly. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Paul says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Don't think too highly of yourself. Especially when we're coming into the presence of God. Don't misunderstand. We are allowed to go into the presence of God. God wants us to go into His presence to pray to Him. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 makes this very clear. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, through the death of Jesus Christ, we are granted access to the throne of our Father in heaven. And how amazing and awesome that is. And we can come with boldness, that is, with confidence that He will hear us. But we must never come in brashly and brazenly but always with humility. Clothing ourselves in humility and humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. The plugged-in saint is penitent. This is powerful. The plugged-in saint is not perfect, but the plugged-in saint is penitent. This tax collector as he considered his relationship with God, he knew where he was. The Pharisee was comparing himself to other men and saw himself as somehow better than everyone else, and therefore he could stand before God and act like he was something special. But this tax collector understood, I'm a sinner. And he knew exactly what sins did. Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor His ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. He understood that His sins separated Him from God. And He needed to do something about it. And so he comes before God in mourning, beating his breast, be merciful to me, a sinner. We need to understand this. If we've been granted forgiveness through the blood of Christ, we've become his children. But as we come to him, we need to be penitent for our sins. 
if we're hanging on to sins, God will not hear our prayer. Psalm 66 and verse 18. Psalm 66 and verse 18. In Psalm 66 and verse 18, the psalmist says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If you're still in your sins, God doesn't hear your prayer. Your sins separate you. If you've entered Christ, but you're hanging on to some sin, regarding it in your heart, hiding it there, trying to hold on to it, He says, I won't hear your prayer. You're separated from me. We've got to have the penitence. We've got to mourn our sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians 7.10 For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Do we mourn our sins? Does it produce sorrow? Or do we just say our nightly prayers, Dear God, forgive me of my sins. We need to understand. This is exactly what 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8 is talking about. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, Paul says, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now we spend so much time arguing over this verse about whether or not we're allowed to lift hands up to God in worship that we miss what this passage is all about. Here's the thing we have to understand. This passage demonstrates that an acceptable stance of prayer, not an outburst of emotion, but an acceptable stance of prayer is to lift our hands up to God, opening ourselves up to Him. But when we do that, what He says is we're supposed to be lifting holy hands to God. We can't spend our day holding on to sin with our hands and then come to God at night with these sinful hands and expect Him to listen to us. We can't do that. We are to be penitent. Lifting up holy hands to God. Worshiping Him in holiness. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 18. Excuse me, 28 and verse 13. In Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. We've got to confess and forsake our sins if we want to connect to God in prayer. The plugged-in saint is not perfect, but she is penitent. The plugged-in saint is normal. This may sound like an odd point, but I just had to drive this home for us. Take a look at this tax collector. He's nothing out of the ordinary. He's got a job. He's got a life. Struggles with sin. Is overcome by sin. Does that sound familiar to you? Do you know anybody who is just like that? I do. That's us, isn't it? He's normal. He's not anybody just special or extraordinary. He's just normal. And I want to drive this home for us today that we can be plugged into God. We can be praying warriors. Because praying warriors are not just extraordinary people. They are normal people praying to an extraordinary God. And we can be that person. Just as this tax collector was that person. 
you can connect with God. The question is, are you? Considering that, we've got one more aspect of this we need to examine. We see what the praying saint is not. The praying saint is not perfect, he's not a religious scholar, he's not some super saint. We see what the praying saint is, humble, penitent, and normal. But what does the praying saint do? The praying saint does trust God. This is an amazing thing. The praying saint does trust God. Here is this tax collector who comes into the presence of God that recognizes how sinful he is, and yet he goes to God in prayer anyway. Why? Because he trusts God. He knows what Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13 says. It says, if we confess our sins and forsake them, God will forgive us. And he trusts God, then he'll do that. And because he trusts God, he goes into God in prayer. We need to remember verse 9 of Luke 18. Why did Jesus tell this parable? He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. The Pharisee trusted in himself. He wasn't trusting in God. He was saying, look at me and look at all the good things I do. In fact, as you listen to him talk, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm not an extortioner or an adulterer or all these other things. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. It's almost like he's saying, not only do I trust in me, God, but you ought to trust in me too. But the tax collector knew that there was nothing within himself that he could trust. But he knew that he could trust God. God said He would forgive if I confess and forsake my sins. And so He did. Do you want to plug into God? You've got to begin right here. Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him and His power that He is able to do, as Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think? Do you trust His power? Do you trust His Word that He will do the things that He said to us? Like in James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, where He says, If any of you ask, lack wisdom, let him ask, and I'll give it to you. Do you trust Him that he, when He says He'll do something for us, that He will? Do you trust His love that He gives good gifts? As Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 and 10 says about us as fathers, If your son asks for a loaf of bread, will you give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does our Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to those who ask Him? Do you trust His love and He'll give you good gifts? Do you trust God? The plugged-in saint trusts God because God is trustworthy. Now, perhaps you'll think that the next one is a little bit obvious, but I sometimes think that we need to drive home the obvious. We need to recognize that the plugged-in saint prays. How much good would it have done this man if he had spent all his life recognizing how guilty he was, but never prayed? Do you remember what the proverbialist said? He who confesses his sins and forsakes. First John chapter 1, verse 8. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. The Scripture there says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This tax collector could have spent his entire life realizing how guilty he was. He could have gone to the school of the Pharisee and tried to live the perfect life and thought he was better than everybody else, but it would not have done him any good because the Scripture only promises these blessings to those who 
pray. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What's the command? We've got to pray. You can come to church every Sunday. Morning service, evening service. You can be here Wednesday night for Bible class. You can give all kinds of money in the collection plate. But if you're not praying, you're not connecting to God. And He won't work through you. The plugged-in saint prays. And finally, and this is the most powerful aspect of this entire thing, the plugged-in saint impacts God. We said it at the beginning of the lesson, but I want to drive it home to you again. Look at this man, the tax collector. His sins are staining him, but he comes to God and he prays. And Jesus Himself said, this man went away justified. Do you see what that's saying? This man's prayer impacted God. Because he prayed, God did something. Please understand this. God had not always been planning on giving him this forgiveness of sins and his prayer just coincided with it. That's not the way it works. God forgave this man because he prayed. Here's the promise. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Whatever we ask within His will, He's going to grant it to us. That's amazing. That's powerful. The plugged in saint, the one who is trusting God, who desires God's glory and God's will above all other things, when he comes to God and he prays, God answers and acts, and our prayers impact him. Here this man comes to him and prays to him, and God uproots the mountain of his sin and tosses it into the sea. How powerful is that? Our prayers impact God when we're plugged in, when we're connected, when we're trusting God, humbling ourselves, penitent, seeking His will. How amazing is that? As we conclude, I just want you to notice one more verse. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. If you then, being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven... Now, I want to make sure you get there. Matthew seven eleven. Are you reading it with me? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who need it? Is that what yours says? That's not what mine says. He says... If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who want it? Is that what yours says? That's not what mine says. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? How many of God's gifts go unopened because His servants 
never ask. Are you plugged in? That's the question. Thank you, Edwin, for that thorough examination of the praying saint. Thank you for joining us as we learn from God's Word. Let's remember what we've learned today. The plugged-in saint is not perfect. The plugged-in saint is not a religious scholar. The plugged-in saint is not a super saint. The plugged-in saint is humble. The plugged-in saint is penitent. And the plugged-in saint is normal. Finally, the plugged-in saint does trust God. The plugged-in saint does pray, and the plugged-in saint does impact God. If you have any questions about prayer or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please feel free to call us at 615-794-2359 or visit us on our website at franklinchurchofchrist.com.